Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Ralphie Rich Podcast. I am your beloved host, Ralphie Rich. We have some very important things to talk about, some very important things to discuss. But before we begin, let us reflect on what it is we've done this week that has helped move us closer towards success. Have you accomplished your goals? Have you accomplished everything that you wanted to accomplish in the past week? If you haven't, don't beat yourself up. But remember, we only have one life. We only have one chance, one shot to live the life that we want to live. So we have to do everything in our power to bring ourselves closer to that future that we want to live in. Thank you for joining us on this beloved day, this beloved evening. It was raining outside, very disgusting, I should say. It was nasty weather. However, I spent this gloomy afternoon, actually all day, it's my off day. Of course, I spend the rest of my week slaving away to a giant corporation who cares little about my well-being. In fact, they wouldn't care if I slipped my wrists because they're a corporation. Not that any humans would either. The way humans are nowadays, uh, we lack so much empathy for our fellow man or fellow woman. It wouldn't surprise me if your neighbor slit their wrists and no one noticed, no one cared, no one felt anything because that's the age that we're living in, the age of not feeling anything. The only time we tend to feel emotions, the only time we tend to truly get in touch with not just ourselves, but the people around us, is when we're watching wonderful, wonderfully created television and movies. That is why I love movies and TV so much because it's very rare that in real life is that a fucking dog Jesus Christ it never ends it never ends I wasn't going to get into this during this particular episode but we might as well while that fucking dog I you would never have a cat barking, okay? You would never have a cat making disruptions unless, of course, it's in that small percentage of cats who like to fuck shit up. Those small percentage of cats who act like dogs, okay? The reason I prefer cats to dogs, well, there are multiple reasons. Firstly, I'm highly allergic to dogs, more so than I am cats. I... I'm allergic to pretty much everything on this planet that is outdoors, all the grasses, the trees, the pollens, uh, most animals, um, pets, you know, not, not, I wouldn't hang out with any other kinds of fucking wild, uncivilized animals. Um, but I'm more allergic to dogs than I am cats. But the thing about cats is they give you an accurate portrayal, an accurate 
a, a portrait of how life is going to be because cats are very similar to humans in the sense that, and this of course is coming from a cynical perspective, but they're similar to humans in the, in the sense that they only care about themselves. They're very individualistic. They are narcissists. They want what's best for them. And you'll find that once you get out into the real world, that is how people are. People do not care about you. They do not care about your feelings, your thoughts, your ideas, your beliefs, your values. They only care about them and what's best for them as they should. That's how, you know, I'm not saying it's the perfect world, but we do come from a species of, you know, the primate uh, who whose primary goal was to succeed and beat out everyone else. It's, uh, I don't want to say social Darwinism because that sounds pretty cringe, but cats are like humans, okay? And, and I like the fact that I don't have to give any excess time, any excess energy to please that fucking animal, whereas dogs give you the most inaccurate, skewed version of reality because they, unlike humans, are unlimitedly, if that's not even a word, they have an unlimited amount of loyalty for no fucking reason other than you actually, you don't even have to feed a dog to have it be loyal to you. You can treat a dog like shit and it will still be loyal to you. Dogs are stupid they're dumb creatures they really are uh, on a fundamental level now there are dogs who can do lots of fancy tricks you have dogs who can jump through hoops literally you have dogs who can sniff out drugs you have dogs who help people in many different ways like service animals but for a lot of people they're not getting this use out of dogs no they have dogs because the dog is like a friend. The dog is like that friend that they don't have, that they want. That dog obeys them. That dog, give, it almost builds their ego in a way. I notice the people who have dogs, they're missing something in their lives that they need to fill with the dog. Now, this isn't in every single case. There are outliers, of course. But for a lot of people, a dog is just... It's a thing to fill that void. A lot of lonely people. You'll notice, um, and, and I, I, I'm going to address a criticism, which is the cat lady, right? She has a bunch of cats, but, but you have to remember, cats and dogs are fundamentally different, and I will justify the cat lady as opposed to the dog lady because we both know they both exist. The dog lady and the cat lady are both real things, but I want to examine the difference between the dog lady and the cat lady. Not very specifically. I'm not going to go in detail. But, but a person who needs dogs in their life is a person who lacks um, certain human relationships, lacks, lacks love, lacks um, attention. Because you won't get that from cats. You'll get it occasionally when they want something similar to humans. Like when I talk to my mom, it's because I want something from her. When I talk to my father, the same thing. Whereas dogs, they will hang out with you because they like you. Dogs, they want to spend time with you. 
And in return, you spend time with them, and it's a, it's a mutual relationship. It's a mutually beneficial re- relationship. So the, the dog woman, the woman who likes the dogs, she, my grandmother's a great example. She has like three, four dogs. She's always had three to four dogs at once, and that is because she's a very lonely person. I love my grandmother, but at heart, let's fix the focus here. But at heart, she is a very lonely person. So she needs that dog who, because dogs, they need you. If you have a dog and you don't pay attention to it, that's a, I I don't want to say it's abuse. It's indirectly abuse because the dogs, they were created for man. They were created to aid man, to help man, to comfort man, and for man to comfort it. When you have a dog and you ignore it that is the worst possible thing for that creature because it's mere existence it's its whole point the point to life is to serve you and for you to give it attention cats could care less if you gave them any attention they just want the fucking food now occasionally a cat might you know and this is I'm ta- I'm generalizing here. There are outliers, of course. There are cats who act like fucking dogs, and those cats disgust me. They do disgust me. But the majority of cats, I would say, they keep to themselves. Okay, and the cat lady, the the lady who has the cats, she knows this, right? She knows. Listen, these cats, they don't give a fuck about me. I might think that they do, but in my heart, I know they don't give a fuck about me, but it brings me joy to know I have all of these little creatures, these adorable creatures roaming about who are... Cats are very interesting creatures. Cats, if you watch them, they have their own little world that revolves around them, whereas the fucking dog, the dog's world revolves around you. Which is why the people who have issues with themselves, they need the dogs because the dogs, they make it all about you. Um, I'm actually getting very... Uh, uh, the whole reason I decided to talk about this was literally because that fucking dog... Anyway, what I've chosen to do with my wonderfully cloudy day, my rainy day, is watch a show that... I think is one of the greatest shows of all time. A very understated show. A show that a lot of people, I, I think it is um, underrated. I think a lot of people are not aware of how good this show is. And this is the show Girls by creator Lena Dunham. Now, when talking about Lena Dunham, it's very easy for the person to go, oh, fuck her. But let us stop for a second and think, wait, why fuck Lena Dunham? What has happened in this collective uh, sphere where we go and criticize a person without actually having known what they've contributed to our society? Before watching the show, girls, when you would say the name Lena Dunham to me, I would go, hmm, fuck her, that feminist bitch, right? And of course, I wouldn't verbalize this, but that was the thought that was going in my head because for whatever reason, whatever reason, 
that name has always been associated with sort of outrage, you know, annoying, um, uh, 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 quasi-progressive, SJW, neoliberal bullshit, right? When you actually stop for a second and check out the kinds of things that the people who we criticize just right then and there we say fuck that person i don't want to have anything i don't want to think about they're disgusting we miss out on a lot of wonderfully written directed performed shot work we miss out on a lot of of cultural treasures the showgirls which Lana Dunham is the creator for. She has written most of the episodes, produced, she's executive producer, um, directed most of the episodes, and of course stars in most of the episodes. What she has been able to do with that series is incredible. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And I take back every negative thought that I have ever had about her ever and the reason you know you might say well ralphie hold on here we can separate the artist from the person i don't necessarily like that statement and the reason is because the artist or or i think that the uh the, the term is the art from the person but i i don't i don't agree with that i think it's it's not as black and white i don't think it's the person and then it's the art i think it's a, a blend because the person is the art the person who created the art, that is who they are. They put themselves in their work. So for you to be moved and inspired by whether it's a piece of literature, a painting, a drawing, a movie, a piece of music, you are not just enjoying the piece of art on itself, but you are enjoying that person who has put themselves in their work and there's no greater example of someone putting themselves in their work than Lena Dunham in the show Girls, who has created one of the most personal, sincere, humanistic works of art that I've seen in a very long time. Um, I, I haven't found a show. I mean, there are shows, of course. I, I, I'm, first of all, I want, I want to make a few, thing, a few things clear. I don't think it's the greatest show in the world. I don't think it's the most um, entertaining show in the world, although it is very entertaining. Um, I don't think it's the best show in the world. I think it is a very well-made show that highlights some, um, or I should just say highlights the human condition in a very real and honest way, brutally honest way, which is why I think not just myself, but many people appreciate this show and it's why she's been able to get the amount of talent if you see the guest stars on this show that's why she's able to attract them because it is such a a a well put together piece of media um and, and i should say it's not a piece of media there's six seasons but i have flown through the show i'm on season five right now I'd say it took me only about a week and a half to get to this point. The episodes are rather short, um, or or they're a decent. They're thirty minutes, right? Which is a a, a decent length. Um, 
but it's one of those shows that you watch and you go, I appreciate being alive. I appreciate living uh, in the time period that I do in the place that I live because I get to enjoy this thing that another human has created. And it's not some corporate studio made bullshit. It's not some commercially um, viable garbage that's just created to hopefully get eyeballs on it. There is a person with a singular vision behind it trying to uh, tell her story in an indirect way, uh, share her thoughts, her beliefs, her values in a very honest way without being pandering, without talking down or lecturing. Um, a very smart show that, um, that really, I think, does a great service to intellectuals, for intellectuals, and I'm not saying you have to be an intellectual to enjoy the show, but it's a very smart show, very witty show, um, whose characters, I think, are, they have a lot of depth to them. Every character has, you want to follow them, you want to be with them, because they feel real. They feel like an actual human, and not just a normal human not just an average human not just but but really significant people people who have something to say themselves and are going through life like we are um just trying to figure things out doing the best they can in new york city and i have to say after watching this show I've never wanted to move to New York City more in my entire life. Maybe this show, and I will say, this show is very similar to High Maintenance in that fact that it is like a love letter to New York. Um, very intimate with the city. You grow to love it, and you don't even have to be there. It's why so many artists like going there. It just has this feeling. And, of course, I've never been to New York uh, but having watched this show in High Maintenance um, and, of course, Succession, I really, I mean, it's one of those places you just have to go to. But I, I want to keep talking about Lena Dunham um, because I want to figure out why do people hate her so much? So there's also, you know, Lena Dunham, uh, she's had controversy, controversy around her following statements that she's made in the past um i found a statement of or a video that she posted on her twitter where she asks her father carol dunham what he thinks um about the extinction of white of the white man or of white men um and he gives a response saying that it's time for white men to step down and let someone else uh, uh do something for a change now of course it's absolutely wrong to condemn a person based on their race and sex that is racist and sexist. Although, I don't think that that was coming from a genuine place. Um, and this is where, you know, we have that blend of, of the, the person and the art. But something that I can't seem to understand is the show that she has created that is so intimate so personal um and i think 
accurately displays her values contradicts some of the things that she says and does in the real world. Um, so we are going to watch this video titled Why Lena Dunham Remains Unlikable. Now, I'm coming at this place from the opposite perspective. I think she is incredibly likable, especially after having watched the show Girls. Um, and not just as a person, but because I know through her writing, she has illustrated the type of person who she is. Her show, it really is about her. Um, but, but let's see if this video here can illuminate some things that I was unaware of, but it won't change the fact that Girls is still an incredible show that I think everyone, every human needs to watch. Um, nonetheless, let us see why potentially she could be problematic, why potentially, uh, you know, people could have adverse reactions to the things that she says and the things that she does. So we are going to watch this video. Hello and welcome to The Corporate Casket, a bi-weekly series where bad businesses go to die. We will discuss any and everything from bad charities, terrible CEOs, and businesses that have a lot to hide. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're going to be focusing on one individual rather than a single business, but she is more of a brand, and that's Lena Dunham. She does create businesses and content, so this episode isn't just going to be me sitting here attacking her, calling her a terrible person and all of that jazz, but I am going- Well, that is good. That is good. Looks like we might have some objective reporting here. Not that this person's- I don't, I've ne I don't know who this channel is. Um, let's check them out. 1.39 million. I don't like the voice. I don't like whosever voice this is, but let's let's to try to take a look at all of her collective actions and works from as much of an unbiased perspective as I obviously can. I have seen videos about her in the past every once in a while when there's like a new scandal, but I wanted to take a look at who she is as a whole. Also, let me go ahead and put a content warning right here at the beginning of this episode. There will be mentions of sexual assault throughout today's episode. If you aren't up for hearing that and you're just not in the right frame of mind, I totally understand, but I wanted to make that clear from the get-go. So with that out of the way, let's get right into it. Who is Lena Dunham? Lena Dunham was born in 1986 in New York City. She began writing and acting at a young age in Brooklyn and studied creative writing at Oberlin College in Ohio. She got her start by producing short films online and according to Britannica, one such piece, The Fountain 2007, in which a bikini clad Dunham leaves her Rubenesque figure in a campus water feature, presaged the emphasis on body image in her subsequent work. Her efforts reached a wider audience when she launched a web series titled Tight Shots 2007 on the sex and culture website Nerve.com. 
The series documented the farishal, hormonally charged efforts of a group of student filmmakers to depict the sexual awakening of a young Southern woman. So far, so good. This all sounds pretty normal, although I am going to speed it up because it's going by a little bit too slowly. And I'm going to try not to, to let the video do all the talking, although it seems pretty well made thus far. In 2008, she graduated from Oberlin, and in 2009, one of her films called Creative Nonfiction was shown at the SXSW Film and Music Conference in Austin, Texas. Her 2010 feature, Tiny Furniture, was also featured at SXSW and later picked up by a distributor, IFC Films, and received a theatrical release. Judd Apatow, a director and producer, saw her- Judd? Oh, Doug Apatow. I, I, she, Judd, not Doug. Judd, the, the, the captions are not correct. Judd Apatow is another figure who a lot of people don't like, but a very prolific figure in Hollywood, responsible for um, some very big films. Uh, you might know, um, I believe. Well, let, let us let's just see. Let's pull up Judd Apatow movies. But you definitely, definitely know them. Um, he's worked a lot with Seth Rogen. Um, so, so here, here's just a few to name them. Um, the King of Staten Island, that's with Pete Davidson. Knocked Up, that's one with Seth Rogen. The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Funny People, that's another that's one with Adam Sandler. Trainwreck with Amy Schumer. This is 40. Um, uh, uh, Pineapple Express, Superbad, Talladega. I mean, he's a producer on some of the biggest comedy movies and a director as well um, of all time. He is prolific in Hollywood. I mean, very, very uh, well-known and respected. Um, however, he has been one of those figures who are very outspoken in terms of what it is he believes in, and sometimes those beliefs can be controversial. Work and approached her about creating a television show, Girls. Girls made an immediate impression when it premiered in 2012. Many saw it as a sort of successor of HBO's previous series about the lives and loves of four New York women, Sex and the City. You'll find an absolute plethora of opinions online about this program. One source calls it a concoction of great writing, good acting, and bad sex. It goes on to state that there were moments when this review specifically wished bad things wouldn't happen to Lena's character, Hannah, simply because they knew the next set of episodes would be dedicated to Hannah victimizing herself. The New York Times says that... Uh, that's some fucking bullshit, but look that It portrayed sex in a realistic way and that it was far more realistic portrayal of women and initiated a conversation about diversity. There's been plenty of unwarranted backlash as well, like when in early seasons, many would criticize Lena Dunham's body or weight and say they didn't want to see her nude on television. Yeah, like whoever the fuck says that, those, the, all right, now those are the type, like what kind of a criticism is that? Oh, I don't want to see your body on TV. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me sick. Go fuck yourself. Don't watch it, you piece of shit. Why, like, what do you, oh, yeah, and, like, well, that's where the backlash comes from? You don't want to look at someone because you don't like the way their body looks? Like, go fuck yourself. Slit your fucking wrist, you piece of shit. That's just what I have to say on that matter. More. In 2013, Dunham's character Hannah was engaged to a wealthy, dreamy doctor, and some people criticized that Hannah wasn't hot enough to deserve a man as handsome yeah, as Yeah, again, uh, go fuck yourself. What a fucking retarded critic. Oh, he's not, this is unrealistic. It's a f go fuck yourself doctor portrayed by patrick wilson in regards to patrick wilson's character adam there's also been a lot of controversy around his character and his actions with another character natalia even though they are just characters if you watch the scene it's incredibly clear that adam doesn't actually care about natalia's consent when lena does address it she says she doesn't believe that what adam did constituted rape and that quote to me it seemed like a terrible wait 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 what the fuck i'm already getting triggered at the misrepresentation holy fuck hold on 
I am already getting triggered by the misinformation that is being spewed about this show. If you've watched this fucking show, you would know that this was not a rape scene. It was literally, it was some kinky shit that one person, Adam Driver's character, wanted to do with another person who at the time was his girlfriend who was unsure about it but still consenting. It was 100% consensual. Just because it was kinky and a little gross doesn't mean it's rape. What the fuck, dude? This is the kind of shit that makes me go, yeah, we need more people like Lana Dunham because, like, who the fuck... Let's let's continue. ...in between two people who didn't know what they really wanted, end quote. If you ask me, I think it's clear that Natalia's character didn't actually want to be with Adam because she says, look, I didn't take a shower today, as a way to say she's not ready, and I really didn't like that when it ended. I do think that this is an important conversation to be had, at the very least. This shows how important giving and receiving clear consent is when it comes to a relationship. Whether or not you liked or disliked the show, there's no denying that it won and was nominated for a ton of awards and it sparked conversation. Personally, Good. while I think it may have been progressive in some areas, it fell remarkably short in others. For example, Donald Glover's character Sandy in season two was largely seen as the token black character that made the show accepting. Lena's character Hannah also claims to not see color, while Sandy tells her, that's insane, it's part of who I am. I agree with Sandy. However, Dunham all right. Now, this actually, uh, this was a criticism I had. It was early in season two because I remember it kind of made me upset. It was Donald Glover's character. He he played a black conservative, and he was just completely disregarded and written off. It was the only time that I felt the politics were um, not portrayed in a sincere light, or maybe it was sincere, but it, it made me feel a little gross because she completely just like fucks off with that character just because he's conservative um which made me that so that that is actually now that i recall it is a criticism that i had continued to only cast people of color when race seemed to define their character sandy was the only character of color who played any substantial role for four whole seasons and let me remind everyone that this show took place in Brooklyn, a borough of New York City that is two-thirds people of color, and yet the only time Dunham cast people of color was when she wanted them as nannies, homeless people, or to have an Asian character that was good with computers. Um, listen, dude. Listen. I want to say this. Diversity is important, but not all the time. If it is the person's vision... And the, cre the, the, the creative process to have a certain look to the project, which might include more one of one race than another, that's part of their vision. If it's a person's vision to have a character played by a white person or a black person or an Asian person, it is part of their vision. Now, there's something to talk about is the proliferation of... Uh, stereotypes and exacerbating stereotypes in in media that is definitely something to have a conversation about but but at the end of the day i am going to go with whatever the person who is creating the artistic work wants to do because at the end of the day if they are forced to do otherwise it will feel unnatural in the sense that oh it feels like maybe this person was supposed to be someone else it feels like Maybe this person was miscast. It feels like someone is forcing something upon the viewer without the creative person's true vision 
being displayed. You know, if there's a director who wants a per- who who wants a certain race of a person to play a character, and the studio comes in and says, "Hey, we have." A diversity quota, which is a real thing, especially since the Oscars now require it, um, it will definitely, I think, have an effect on the end result of the movie. It's not to say you can't have a diverse cast or have diversity in the main and starring positions, but look, I'd leave it up to the creator. If the creator's vision, in their vision, they say, okay, I have this here, this person plays this, but that's just it. And so far in the show, everything has felt incredibly natural. You can call it gentrification, but it felt incredibly real. However, the show is only the beginning of this rabbit hole. This is how Lena Dunham got her start, but it's not at all the only or even largest reason why people continue to be upset with her to this day. According to a Fast Company article a few years ago, back in January of 2013, Lena Dunham was a Fast Company cover star, one of the most creative people in business that year. She shared the space with benefactor Judd Apatow, who had correctly sensed from her debut film, Tiny Furniture, that Dunham may be a hit TV show in her. Just a year after the ubiquitously blogged about girls premiered, Dunham seemed to have the world in the palm of her hand. Whichever controversy du jour surrounded her at any given moment, propelling her show even more incredibly into the public eye. In the nearly six years since, however, Fast Company has watched as the situation has reversed, with Dunham's creative projects consistently overshadowed by the controversy that follows her every utterance. So let's go ahead and take a look at some of these utterances and why they're far more than just problematic and who Lena Dunham is as a businesswoman today. Rather than try to keep track of every single one of her frustrating statements on a timeline that would inevitably be all over the place, I'm going to sort of section things off and talk about how she's handled sexual assault allegations against coworkers and things of that nature. Then oh, no. About race, how she's treated animals, the projects and businesses she has worked on. You kind of get the picture. But OK, so, yeah, uh, aside from the show, girls. Now we're going to get into shit to where I may not be able to dispute. So now we're going to go out at, at a more objective because I've seen this show and the show, you know, all that shit that they were saying about this, that pisses me up. And now let's get into the real person of who Lana Dunham is. Of real heavy with the comments on sexual assault. One man Dunham is close with, Marie Miller, wrote Girls in 2017 and was accused of sexually assaulting actress Aurora Perino. She claims to have woken up to him raping her after a night of socializing when she was 17, and she didn't consent to it in any way. Whether or not Dunham believed Aurora doesn't matter. She deserves to be heard for her case to be taken seriously too, and investigated like any other woman that steps forward. And yet, as the news broke, Lena Dunham stated that she was confident the accusation had been misreported. Is that so, Lena? What is it that made you so confident? Were you there? Were you with Miller that night? Well, in Lena's first statement, she actually does claim to be, and along with her co-star Jenny Connor, wrote, While our first instinct is to listen to every woman's story, our insider knowledge of Murray's situation makes us confident that sadly this accusation is one of the 3% of assault cases that are misreported each year, they said. It is a true shame to add to that number, as outside of Hollywood, women still struggle to be believed. We stand by Murray, and this is all we will be saying about this issue. Well, as it turns out, that was a lie. She had no insider knowledge, none whatsoever, but lied to discredit Aurora. This is undoubtedly one of the worst things I think she's done. It's not some drama. This is an alleged crime. I know it's absolutely devastating to think that someone you're close to may be friends with who could be capable of such a thing, and I'm not saying that Lena Dunham needed to come out, call him guilty, and start bashing Miller. The case was ongoing. Therefore, no one, not the victim or accused, should be discredited. It's so difficult for victims of this- Okay, thing. wait, wait, but 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 by, by simply, here's the thing. When you have, like, these cases, these sexual assault cases where- you know, there's no evidence, there's no proof on either end. The party who is going to catch all of the flack is going to be the person accused of sexual assault. The person who's accused of sexual assault, who may or may not have done it, let's just say they haven't done it, and you're going to still treat it as though they could have done it, is that's a fucking horrible thing, just as horrible as it is for the sexual assault person to have done it. 
and the victim to be to 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 say that that person is lying it's very difficult with these types of cases but the trend that we're seeing is guys get accused of this shit with no evidence and they lose their jobs without the due process they lose their careers they lose their lives without the due process without being convicted there are so many instances and by the way i'm not fucking victim blaming i'm just the reason i, I i'm criticizing this is because she's saying that um basically that lana dunham had no right to come out and defend her friend i think if you if you you know someone or if you think you know someone and that person who you know has told you that is and and i guarantee you the guy he told her she said look lana dunham lana i didn't fucking do this this bitch is lying and you guys have a tight relationship of course it's okay to believe your fucking friend or your brother or whoever it is over a, a, a stranger over someone who you've never met and and to come out and defend that person because that person really may not have done it and now they're having their career taken away they're having their life their whole life they will be known as the person who potentially committed sexual assault um and on the other end if he did do it which again i don't like these cases because we have absolutely no evidence we have absolutely nothing the the really the it it's so tough because like you want to think as a friend say say you do have a friend right say you have a friend who gets accused of sexual assault and they're trying to ruin his life and he comes to you and he says dude ralphie listen i swear to you i swear on my mother's grave i swear to god i did not do blah 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 with that blah, blah. and he gives you concrete examples concrete details of exactly what happened that night and and you know him you know him he never lied to you you have that relationship very close relationship whether it's professional or 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 personal i i don't think it's necessarily wrong to believe your friend to believe that uh that that your friend is telling the truth and to come out and want to defend that person who is your friend i don't think there's anything wrong with that um morally at least type of crime to step forward because of the scrutiny they come under after going through such a traumatic event lena dunham can't call herself a feminist and then go around making these types of lies to defend someone she simply can't know if they're innocent or not i will say that primarily due to the statute of limitations as well as some inconsistencies in victim suspect and witness statements the case did not move okay forward. okay well here we go what the fuck dude los angeles da declines to charge girls writer ep murray miller after sexual assault claim I hate to say it, but if they if there's if the charge is not being made, that means that the person in the eyes of the law is innocent. That's literally what that means. Let's continue. Word. So I've got absolutely no idea what happened here, and as such, I don't think Aurora should be called a liar. I don't think she was called a liar outright she just defended her friend and said that she believes i mean if you want to say tomatoes tomato, maybe you know maybe she did she didn't explicitly call her a liar and i know that's semantics but like don't put words and you know that's not what she said that's not she she put it very eloquently in that other statement Let, let's continue later stating every woman who comes forward deserves to be heard fully and completely and our relationship to the accused should not be part of the calculation anyone makes when examining her case 
Stephanie found this very hollow, though, especially when you consider that only a few months before she tweeted that women don't lie about rape, standing with the many women stepping forward. Okay, yeah, so this would be a contradiction. This would be hypocritical, and that is a, a flaw. Now, that is something we can, which is, I, I, Corporate Casket is pointing out uh, is a contradiction, which, of course, is never good to have these movement. It's just an extremely hypocritical moment in her history where she says women don't lie and wants to appear like an ally or progressive. Then the moment someone she knows is accused, her stance changes. Right. After all, Lynn has gone on and on about how important it is to listen to women when Bill Cosby was accused of raping women, and yet she won't listen to Aurora? How can the same person lie to discredit Aurora also state, I feel like women just not being listened to is what's the scariest. Bill Cosby is just a symbol for a situation that's so obvious, and yet people don't stand up and say, this is crazy, we should do something about it. Even now, people resist it. Even when Cosby says he gave them quaaludes, I still get tweets every day where people are like, innocent until proven guilty. Okay, this is Hell, definitely she even not went so far good. as to say that when people told her she was obsessed with the case, it was like saying she was obsessed with the Holocaust. I agree with Refinery29's take on this as they state. Dunham makes a strong statement here. We tend to look the other way and give powerful men a free pass to abuse that power and often discredit the women making claims against them. It's a huge problem and comparing suffering is never an easy analogy to make, but it's troublesome to draw lines to mass genocide. All in all, I understand why this Miller-Aurora situation made so many people furious with Dunham. Do not pretend to stand by anyone if, the moment the belief is tested, you're going to turn your back on them. That's really shitty. I but mean, it's, all right, saying, it, all right, let's be honest here. Uh, we have to remember that celebrities are humans, celebrities are people, and we as people say things that we contradict all the time. We are hypocrites a lot of the time. I am not going to sit here and shit on her for this because I have done uh, hypocritical things a lot. I'm a very, I, I do hypocrite. I'll say things to one person and then do the other. I've done it. You've done it. Don't be a fucking Puritan. We've all done it. It looks bad. It's not the best, but it's forgivable. Let's see what else she's done is in fact a pattern for Lena Dunham and she makes infuriating, tone-deaf, harmful comments only to apologize and then continue making those comments. However, one of the biggest scandals in this vein of sexual assault is what Lena Dunham admitted to doing to her younger sister in her book, Not That Kind of Girl. Here are just a few passages from her book. I shared a bed with my sister Grace until I was 17 years old. She was afraid to sleep alone and would begin asking me around 5 p.m. every day whether she could sleep with me. I put on a big show of saying no, taking pleasure in watching her beg and sulk, but eventually I always relented. Her sticky, muscly body thrashed beside me every night as I read Anne Sexton, watched reruns of SNL, sometimes even as I slipped my hand into my underwear to figure some stuff out. Passage 2 reads, Do we all have uteruses? I asked my mother when I was seven. Yes, she told me, we're born with them, and with all our eggs, but they start out very small, and they aren't ready to make babies until we're older. I looked at my sister, now a slim, tough one-year-old, and her tiny belly. I imagined her eggs inside her, like a sack of spider eggs in Charlotte's Web, and her uterus, the size of a thimble. Does her vagina look like mine? I guess so, my mother said, just smaller. One day, as I sat in our driveway in Long Island, playing with blocks and buckets, my curiosity got the best of me. Grace was sitting up, babbling and smiling, and I leaned down between her legs and carefully spread open her vagina. She didn't resist, and when I saw what was inside, I shrieked. My mother came running. Mama, Mama, Grace has something down there. My mother didn't bother asking why I had opened Grace's vagina. This was within the spectrum of things that I did. She just got on her knees and looked for herself. It quickly became apparent that Grace had stuffed six or seven pebbles in there. My mother removed them patiently while Grace cackled, thrilled that her prank had been a success. As for the passage three, it states, as Grace grew- So far, there's literally nothing wrong with this. Is it kind of weird? Maybe there's nothing wrong with this. Let's see, this might be the, the breaker right here. ...her for her time and affection. 
One dollar in quarters if I could do her makeup like a motorcycle chick. Three pieces of candy if I could kiss her on the lips for five seconds. Whatever she wanted to watch on TV if she would just relax on me. Basically, anything a sexual predator might do to woo a small suburban girl I was trying. Really what I wanted, beyond affection, was to feel that she needed me, that she was helpless without her big sister leading her through the world. I took a perverse pleasure in delivering bad news to her, the death of our grandfather, a fire across the street, hoping that her fear would drive her into my arms, would make her trust me. Uh, I don't think it was sexual, okay? When she said the kisses, it wasn't fucking sexual. It just said, look, it, it, she's Elena Dunham, she, she has some... Um, uh, I, I don't know how, what the category would be as far as like like mental. You know, she she's not mental or anything, but she ha she's got issues. She's got a a few issues. Um, that's apparent. Okay, still, I think this is all within the well the realm of reason. Well, the amount of times I nearly threw up reading those three passages is just okay. <laughs> threw up like. Like, what the fuck are you talking about through a... Oh, the amount of times I almost threw up. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. What made you almost throw up? Was it the pebbles in the pussy thing when she was uh, opening her... Like, like the, the human anatomy uh, is not something that is necessarily kept private all the time. And young kids, or kids in general... When they're exploring, it's not sexual assault, okay? You can't say an 11-year-old is committing sexual assault, especially when what the action was was not actually sexual fucking assault. Um, no, like, what? The, the only thing I'd say was weird is in the last paragraph, you know, that was kind of odd, but nothing crazy. Good lord. But the other thing is, if Lena Dunham was denouncing her behavior as a growing child who was touching her sister inappropriately, I may not have made such a massive issue about this, although it's still really fucking weird. But what's incredibly messed up here is not only was she sharing a bed until she was 17, which is obviously old enough to understand that she No, was no, no, no. She has um, um, issues being alone. She has issues... It, she she needs to be needed. She wants to be wanted. It's not in a sexually perverse way that that's they're twisting this. It was wrong, but she was using her younger sister for sexual pleasure, and she defended her actions. Wasn't to using her for sexual pleasure. People and said that the stories of her molesting her sister are upsetting and disgusting. You know what's also there's no molestation. Where's the molestation? These fucking. Is spreaders of misinformation. It's fucking absurd. ...behavior that you yourself refer to as perverse. She has enough self-awareness to call her actions perverse, but the second she's called out on him, it's not fair. What's equal... I don't... I don't like this. People have... Different people have different relationships. Siblings have different relationships. It's how they grew up, Okay. She's a writer. She's expressing herself, trying to be authentic, trying to be real. And you have these people coming in and warping what it is she is saying. Like, come on, dude. What's really upsetting is that a lot of articles coming out around this time, particularly one from Vox, turns it into something political and how right-leaning politics accused Dunham of molesting her sister, whereas the left criticizes her for rich white girl privilege. Like, what does that have to do with anything? This isn't about what conservatives think about her or what liberals think about her. It's about how Lena Dunham told the world she was touching her sister and then got angry when people called her out on it.
Ready to Glare, shout out to the homegirl, love her, what a doll. But anyway, uh, she talks about this situation specifically in one of her videos and it will be available in my sources if you want to see another take on this whole thing. And I think she did an excellent job on it. But in every single one of these passages from her book, Lena admits that she does. And yet, as far as I can tell, never says this was messed up and I wish I learned about my sexuality at a younger age so I knew not yeah, to Yeah, do we all book. have to fucking do, give the fuck, uh, oh, disclaimer. Like, like, when did we become such fucking pussies about everything like jesus christ sway now i could be wrong maybe she says it later in the book but judging from her reactions to being called out i don't think so whether you call this abuse or not whether you call it normal childhood oh, fuck it is nor it's childhood i'll go with that one i like that childhood development development or not i'm not a child psychologist so i can't be the judge of that yeah but you're fucking not all i can dude. say is that i disagree with how this was handled and how this was presented it could have been so easy to say hey my sister gave me consent to write this which she did i was exploring my sexuality at a young age but i'm not trying to condone using younger siblings for that i understand that these types of behaviors can also be done with malicious intent you know something along those lines but that didn't happen yeah i mean i guess for fucking losers like you who need everything oh let's put the fucking trigger warning on there yeah, I guess she should have. It honestly probably would have been smarter to do that just to avoid the criticism. But from an artistic standpoint, it ruins the fucking work. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, this is a no way. I don't want to misrepresent the malicious things that are happening. I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. Lena Dunham has not only been accused of this, but hipster racism as well. The term was used by writer Zinzi Clemens. She stated, it's time for women of color, black women in particular, to divest from Lena Dunham. Zinzi Clemens tweeted, followed by a long statement in which she revealed that she has known Dunham since the two ran in the same circles in college. She said they had mutual acquaintances. Back in college, I avoided those people like the plague because of their well-known racism, she wrote. I'd call their strain hipster racism, which typically uses sarcasm as a cover. And in the end, it looks a lot like gaslighting. It's just a joke. Why are There's you that fucking word, that cringe fucking word. I despise it. I despise Reacting it. is a common response to these types of statements. She claimed that one female in Lena's circles was known to use the N-word in conversation in order to be provocative, and if she was ever called on it, she would say it's just a joke. I was often in the same room with her, but I never spoke to her, only watched her from far in anxiety and horror. Listen, listen, I don't defend or condemn the use of the N-word. Um, it's very, uh, it's a very dangerous word to use, but if in your circle you use it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're racist. It's just probably, probably shouldn't say it just to be safe. Um, but, but, you know, try not to use it in public, um, in circles, unless, you know, you feel that you are completely 100% safe with that other person and that other person is okay with you using that kind of language. Um, I wouldn't do it. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's not a word that I like to use. Um, it just doesn't sound natural coming out of my mouth. It sounds really not good. Um, but, but that is not the scarlet letter, you know, that, that doesn't mean you're racist just cause you use that word, despite all the, con the, the historical context and, and what have you and the current politics surrounding that word. It doesn't mean you're racist. Clemens left Lenny Letter, a weekly feminist letter created by Lena Dunham after Dunham lied to support Miller. More and more in recent years, as people have called out her show for racism and pretending to be this woke feminist program while having so- What the fuck? What? Dude, there is literally- Ray- Wait, 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 wait. 
This show does not pretend to be woke, dude. This show does not pretend... Wait, wait, what was the fucking statement here? More and more in recent years as people have called out her show for racism and pretending to be this woke... Pretending to be this woke film. It's not... It's not trying to... Did you watch the fucking show, you dumb cunt? Did you watch the fucking show? This is not a woke feminist program. I'm someone who is highly skeptical skeptical of that kind of shit. I don't when I see it, I don't like it. I don't like being preached to. When I'm preached to uh, by a television show or movie, I generally I'll finish watching the movie. But if it's a show, I'll turn it off because I'm like, this is cringe inducing. I'm not I don't fucking like it with this show. I've never had that issue because it doesn't do that. That is a mischaracterization of the writing the performances and the entire show itself what a dumb surface level criticism to levy upon it what the fuck dude now that keep talking about my show the girls see what happens the girls keep talking about my show girls see what the fuck happens i mean his program will having so few people of color in it Lena Dunham. wait wait and another thing hold on that that doesn't even make sense Called Hold out on. her show for racism and pretending to be this woke feminist program. Woke feminist program. So few people. Well, th those are two separate things. Woke feminist program doesn't mean you have to have people of color in it. That that's not what woke feminist programming is. It's just about uh, having women in it. Doesn't necessarily have to be people of color. First of all, I just want to make that distinction. Um, second, I mean, second of all, what the fuck, dude? Of color in it. Lena Dunham has said that she was, quote, so busy thinking so much about representing weirdo and chubby girls and strange half-Jews that she'd forgotten there was an entire world of women who were being underserved, end quote. For many, though, her statements and apologies fall short, as they often do. In the 2016 at the Met Gala, she was seemingly upset that New York Giants wide receiver Odom Beckham Jr. wasn't paying attention to her. Lena Dunham wrote about how he paid her no attention and said that he probably determined she was not the shape of a woman by his standards. Not only is that a massive assumption to make, but one response by Preston Mitchum hit the nail on the head. Lena Dunham is upset because Odell Beckham Jr. didn't objectify her, but would she have been upset if he did? Based on nothing more than one look, Dunham assumed she knew everything that Odell Beckham was thinking. She didn't attempt to initiate conversation. He never said a word to her. As one source writes, Maybe Beckham doesn't know who Dunham is. Maybe Beckham didn't feel like speaking to anyone. Maybe Beckham knew who she was. Okay, this is that, like, this is bullshit. I'm not even going to comment on this. I don't, I... <laughs> and intentionally chose not to interact with her. All of these things are possible. But the only likely scenario that made sense to Dunham was that he wasn't attracted to her sexually. Because that is the only way that she saw him as a black buck there for her choosing who had somehow rejected her in her head. Slate, another news source whoa. that commented on this, got it horribly Why wrong. are they bringing race into this? ...by suggesting that perhaps Beckham is gay. First, Beckham's sexuality <laughs> isn't an issue. Dunham's projection is. Further is the thought that any cis-heterosexual black man... Wait, why is this a fucking thing, dude? ...in Dunham's presence would have been interested in her sexually. So perhaps Beckham is gay because he was not interested? She had just been grinding on Jordan, so that can't be the correct conclusion. Second, again, this isn't about black men. It's about Dunham's obsession with and the fetishization of them, which she is well aware. Dunham has literally written before that you could bounce a quarter off that butt when talking about Barack Obama, <laughs> and I wish I was joking. Dude, what the fuck, dog? Why are people, like, when it comes to, to figures like Lana Dunham, they turn into such fucking pussies, such puritanical pieces. Like, dude, she's fucking, like, chill out. You could bounce a quarter off that butt, like... It's a joke, dude. It's a fucking joke. She claims to be a feminist and yet doesn't see the hypocrisy in objectifying and sexualizing someone else. Dog, it's okay to objectify. There's nothing wrong with objectifying. It, it's it happened. We all do it. Men do it. Women do it. It's it's who it's a part of who we are. When I watch pornography, what do you think? I'm in it for the story. Do you think I'm in it for the story to get to know the person? Fuck no. There's not. I mean, of course, 
in in real life you should try your best to 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 treat people as people as humans but part of that is also objectifying you know because you know sexual and also i don't know if i like that word objectifying because just looking upon someone and and wanting to have sex with them isn't necessarily inhuman it's it's very human actually just wanting to fuck someone and only wanting to fuck someone i don't like the idea that we tried and separate i think that was a puritanical that that's built in the idea of oh it's objectification to only want to fuck someone or look at someone and want to fuck them or it's like no that's incredibly human that is a very human thing to want to to to, to look at someone and want to have sex with them or want that person to have sex with you like what Okay. President at the time, no less. And then when a president, uh, and it was uh, she was also the president of the time, and that's very disrespectful to talk about the like. Shut the fuck up, you fucking loser, piece of shit. Black man doesn't objectify her. She assumes it's because he doesn't see her as a real woman. Another tweet went out that hilariously says it's ironic. Lena Dunham said there aren't black people on her show because she can't write them truthfully, but now she can read our minds. Even when she apologized to Odell, it was extremely victimizing, stating how she had so many insecurities about her body. She was surrounded by swan-like actresses, and it was hard for her not to feel like a sack of flaming garbage. Dunham still hasn't learned that one of the massive issues people have with her is her hypocrisy, where she claims to stand against behavior that she herself takes part in. She complains that there isn't a single black member out of the 87 in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, a valid criticism, but she claims it's her attraction to Drake that doesn't make her racist. And I'm not kidding. One source states, the more Dunham has spoken over the years, the more she has become the stock photo for white feminism, the highly suspect strand that cannot exist unless the white person in question is speaking about herself no matter what the larger issue is. Dunham, in effect, cannot talk about abortion or racism unless she makes it about herself and annotates it with an example, no matter how inane, involving her. If you're I really want to finish this video. I don't know if we will get to, um, let's see. Wondering what the abortion remark is about. It's because she also has said in the past that she wished she had an abortion. Her apology for that was yet again to victimize herself and say her words were spoken from a delusional girl persona that she often inhabits. Also tried to- Yeah, again, dude, why the fuck? Like, is the person who made this like some retarded conservative, like retard? Like, what are you, chill out, dude. These are, I feel like normal things. Oh, I wish I had an abortion. Okay, dude. Cool. LOL. Like, who gives a fuck? God damn. Well, to vote in 2012 by making a video called Your First Time, where she compares voting to losing your virginity, trying to get the youth to vote, which, again, crosses the line from question. What? <laughs> what? ...into what the fuck are you doing territory. How? How? How is that a fucking thing? I, I mean, I haven't seen this video, but just from her describing it, uh, like, dude, are you a fucking nun? Oh, well, it's, uh, you see, it's highly questionable, Ralphie. It's highly questionable when you're comparing losing your virginity to voting for the first time. That's highly questionable. Oh, I am such a fucking loser piece of shit. I need to get, like, what, dude? What the fuck is wrong with you? This is this video. I now we're 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 halfway through, more than halfway through. I like laying it down on even more. Okay, this person who's creating the video, all they're doing is they are um, uh, banking on the people watching this to already have a negative view of Lena Dunham. That's all she's doing. Oh, you already hate Lena Dunham? Come on over here. Let me make you let let me make you hate her even more. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Fucking loser. There's also been controversy around her being hired to work on a Syrian film with this history, but I would say the issue here is with Spielberg and those that chose to hire her more than Dunham herself. According to my source, the movie is an adaptation of Melissa Fleming's A Hope More Powerful Than the Sea, one's refugee, incredible story of love, loss, and survival. 
Melissa Fleming is currently the chief spokeswoman for the United Nations High Commissioner and Flatiron Books. Fleming wrote the book to document the story of a mother named Doa Al-Zamel who fled Egypt with her two children, hoping to make it to Sweden by boat. Had it been any other writer in Hollywood, the news that a white American man or woman had written this movie would have been disappointing, but it most likely would have slipped under the radar. Steven Spielberg and co-producer J.J. Abrams could have picked literally any other writer for this project and avoided controversy. Lena Dunham has an extensive history of being publicly tactless, which most people are aware of. Because uh, of I mean, I'm sorry, they picked someone who's actually like a good fucking writer? Oh, we're not just going to pick someone because of the color of their skin? Oh, we're going to pick someone who's actually a good fucking writer? Uh, who, who do we go with? An objectively talented professional writer who's created one of the most well-written shows in history or someone just because of the color of their skin. People will be examining Fucking this production retard. under the microscope in search of inaccuracies and fault. For that reason alone, it's a completely baffling decision on the part of Abrams and Spielberg. I can't necessarily blame Lena Dunham for taking the job, but I can sympathize with those that feel she wasn't at all the best choice for this project. Yet, aside from all the controversy around sexual abuse, racism, and some smaller one-off remarks she's made- Ra Racism. All the racism. We still got a lot more to talk about here. We're going to get into how Lena Dunham talks about and treats animals. But oh, we no. But before we're going to take a quick breather and thank today's- Fuck you, you stupid fucking cunt. Fuck you, this fucking bitch. This makes me- I mean, I don't even- I don't even know- uh, I mean- this kind of video, this content is 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 absolutely disgusting. It's it's absurd, you know. It, it, more shit. Fuck this bitch, huh? Fuck. Seventeen reads. A couple of weeks ago, Lena Dunham revealed on Instagram that she had quietly and discreetly checked her rescue dog Lambie into the Zen Dog Canine Rehabilitation Center before the dog was eventually rehomed. She explained Lambie suffered terrible abuse as a pup that made having him in a typical home environment dangerous to him and others. But now, a spokesperson for the shelter in Brooklyn where Dunham got the dog is disputing her claims of abuse, saying Lambie was perfectly fine before she adopted him. Bark Shelter spokesperson Robert Vasquez told Yahoo. I, 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 I'll say this: these people, these quacks who work at these fucking uh, the, these um, shelters, they they'll say anything. These people, when they're trying to get rid of an animal, they will say fucking anything. They'll come up with any story that fits anything to get you to take the dog. You bring the dog back, of course they're going to fucking hate you. They're going to say, oh, oh, you don't want the dog, you fucking abuser. You fucking abuser, you piece of shit abuser. What the fuck do you do to the dog? These people are quacks, okay? Remember, they're working at an animal shelter. They're fucking lunatics. Check the records for Lambie, whom Dunham had claimed in a New Yorker essay had three other homes, three other names, before she rescued him. He was owner surrendered not enough time, so we do not know where she got multiple owners that abused the dog, Vasquez wrote. Furthermore, at the time Lambie was adopted, the dog was almost two years old and did not have a history of aggression, according to the Bark rep. Vasquez, who has been in charge of dog adoption at the shelter for nearly 15 years, added that he was on site during the four times Lena visited Lambie before the adoption went through. If Lambie had a bad past or was abused, do you think Bark would have adopted him to Lena, knowing she's a new star and put her or the dog in that situation, he wrote? We would have yeah, told her- Yeah, they don't the give a fuck, dude. ...had issues. We are a no-kill shelters. We don't lie about the dog's histories because that's what gets them returned. And mentally, it's not good for dogs. The Bark spokesman went on to write, It's just hard to believe the dog was nasty when she took Lambie to every green room with her when girls was still a thing four years ago. He also criticized Dunham for recently getting two new dogs, which she brought with her to The Tonight Show in February. She didn't admit she brought her two new dogs, despite writing in The New Yorker that dogs shouldn't be dumped or thrown away because they have feelings, he said. Lena replied to All right, Instagram's so some more hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is always, it always looks shitty. You can't really defend hypocrisy, and I'm not going to. It's gross. 
saying that Lambie's aggression was unpredictable and his issues weren't manageable, but after countless hours of training, endless financial support, and lots of tears, she gave him a better life. And okay, here's the thing. First of all, I'm finding it incredibly hard to be unbiased here. Myself and my main researcher, Ali, both have dogs that we adore, and we are absolutely dog- Wow, I didn't even dogs. know this would all come up. I did not plan this. This was not pre-watched, but it just kind of, it's funny. It ties in to the beginning of this podcast where we were talking about, I just thought it was, what, what a what a coincidence. ...lives without our sweet beans. So I will say that right up front, this makes me furious. Just oh, so of course, come in it with a bias. Good. So I will say, I will come in with this uh, being incredibly biased and say, fuck you, you fuck with dogs, you fucking bitch. Fuck this commentator, piece of shit. Um, a, a biased place, because it's hard to be unbiased about something like this. Huh. Second of all, uh, if uh, your uh, dog was aggressive, why bring him with you to the green room? If I had an aggressive dog, I wouldn't bring them to an environment that would stress them out and potentially hurt somebody or themselves. That dog wouldn't be coming anywhere in public with me, especially if the aggression was unpredictable, like she says. So even if you believe her, she's still an irresponsible dog owner in the fact that she was willingly endangering others by bringing him around if he was such a terrible, aggressive dog. And third, I find it very, I, I highly doubt that the shelter would lie about their version of events. Now, of course, I no, can't be... well, No, they, I don't find, I mean, they do. That's what I, dude, people, you really underestimate this is a really dumb fuck take because people, they really underestimate how easy it is to just lie to someone. I do it every day at my job, and I'm not going to tell you what I do, but I lie probably 15 times a day to customers. That's what I do. I lie to them, and it I don't even think about it. You know, my manager says, all right, do this, and I do it. I lie to them. Do you think someone who works at a fucking dog shelter who's trying to move animals, they're animal traffickers, it's not the same thing, but they, they bring animals in and they get them out. Do you not think they spin some tails to get their animals out of the door? Like, why would you not? Why would you not make up shit, you know? Wrong as lies have happened before and recent laws in New York are being put in place, for example, to keep shelters from lying about a dog's history. But I wonder why they had to do that. Have a pretty good reputation. Oh, I mean, the business has 121 reviews and it's 4.2 stars. They can't surely be lying. Um, or else maybe uh, they would have lower reviews. Yeah, let's let's go off of that. Let's go off of the 121 reviews on Google. That's so awesome. I, yeah. Again, it's just another strike for Lena. No, that's strike for Lena. I'm walking away from this thinking that abused dogs are bound to remain aggressive because that's also simply not true. Many dogs can be aggressive after abuse. Yeah, put up a picture of these. Some fucking. Uh, this one's not ugly. The, that one looks pathetic. Dogs not are bound ugly. to remain aggressive because that's also Watch simply this not one true. Here. Many dogs like, can be. That is a disgusting fucking creature. Get the fuck. Get that thing away from me after abuse because of fear but abused dogs can love and that trust again and are just as deserving of that, that one's love. cute other sources do show that lena dunham that tried to get lambie help and she hired someone to treat her dog's aggression which again even if oh. she did oh so she did uh do it huh Lambie should not have been ever brought on set regardless of whose side of the story you're on she's an irresponsible pet owner no matter how you look at it oh aren't we all aren't we all irresponsible everyone's an irresponsible if you feed your dog human food you you should be put in prison that's my I'm, no no not really but but that's highly irresponsible and i bet this bitch does it oh luckily i don't ralphie i don't feed my dog food i'm a perfect person i'm a perfect dog owner i'm a perfect human i never make any contradictions or I, i'm never hypocritical i'm a perfect human ralphie yeah that's me corporate casket go fuck yourself now, there have been some other articles about how her sphinx cat, Gia Marie, died pretty suddenly in 2018, and her 13-year-old dog passed away around the same time. People oh, I guess she can't. She murdered them. Huh. 
That's it. She fucking killed him. I knew this fucking bitch. She kills animals. Fuck her, dude have been absolutely suspicious of those deaths, but there doesn't seem to be any evidence whatsoever, so I'm not really going to speak on it because- Then why the animals... fuck did you speak on it? I'm just kidding. She had to. It was part of the video. I mean, you might as well. You're already, you know, misrepresenting everything about what's going on, but that's fine. Do pass away, and I'm not going to make a spectacle or something about it. I'm only bringing it up because it did come up a few times in my oh, research. Oh, oh, keep going. Oh, yeah. Something more nefarious went on, but I can't find anything to- I can't go, but, but I'm just going to show her, like, black and white pictures of her with a dog and- you know, kind of just in, in, in implicitly say that she did murder the dog so that uh, she can be harassed by uh, my, my retarded fans. And, and Let's know. move on. Now, as for what Lena Dunham's been up to these days and her companies, well, she's started her own plus-size clothing line. The company she's working with is Eleven Honor, and this decision, unsurprisingly, is already facing a ton of backlash, according to one source. On May 31st, 2020, plus-size retailer Eleven Honor made a statement outlining how actions speak louder than words. The brand emphasized the importance of community, especially in regard to uplifting black voices within the plus-size space where POC are often excluded from the narrative. Now, 10 months later, the brand's latest launch and first-ever celebrity partnership with Lena Dunham is speaking volumes. Why didn't they take the time to do some research or reach out to other people who might have Dog, been Dog, again, like, you're whining because... A uh, white woman was partnered with a clothing line to. Dude, shut the fuck up. Go drink some milk, you fucking loser, cuck piece of shit. Consultant Liz Black tells Nylon Dunham's original tease of the launch back on March 26th was initially met with favorable comments on social media. Maybe she's actually good at what she does. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought like. You know, this isn't every case, but in a lot of cases, the people are in the positions that they're in because they're good at what they do. Is that a possibility? No, no. She was given the position because she's white. She's a white woman. Yeah, that's a good take, dude. Likely good because take. Of her relatable caption. When you're thin, no matter the reason, there's a kind of inherent nod of congratulations that comes from being able to fit into runway staples and look a part of a Hollywood starlet, she wrote on Instagram. And while some designers have embraced my plus-size body, there's always the inherent implication by others that by doing so, they have bravely risen into some kind of challenge, and that I'm brave for simply coming out in this body, dressed in a way that doesn't hide in shame. A notable message for sure, but enough to cover up Dunham's controversy within the plus-size community? For many, the answer is a resounding no. Lena Dunham has talked at length in interviews about her body and how she's always gained weight in her style. By the way, I will say I'm not a fan of um, the new Lena Dunham look. I liked her better in Girls. I will say that. After going through early menopause, and that's not where people want to see flesh. She says that the media wants curvy bodies like Kim Kardashian, but sized up, big butts and breasts, but without cellulite. As Nylon points out, Dunham hasn't really shown appreciation for the plus-size fashion community before, so why would she be given this privilege? Eleven. She's plus-sized? What? Why would Lena Dunham be given the privilege to work with this clo this plus-size clothing brand when she hasn't uh, spoken up for them before? I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that she's plus-sized. You fucking moron. Honor made a concentrated effort in the wake of the BLM movement to uplift more black voices. So why not uplift plus-size voices that aren't as problematic as Lena Dunham? The Dude. thing is, for this specific case, I'm trying to see both sides here. On one hand, I know that she was very open with her body on girls, bearing it all and showing that, hey, all bodies deserve to be celebrated. Yet, at the same time, the inclusive site, as they call it, has a range of 12 to 24, which sort of excludes, well, a bunch of sizes. 
Inclusive fashion should actually include every body type, as one article states, mentioning smart glamour, which has sizes ranging from extra extra small to 15X. The article also states, Dunham says in the Times interview that her body has settled around a 14-16. Considering the average American woman is typically stated to be a size 16, Dunham's size is, well, just that, average. Plus sized, but just barely. By the entertainment industry's standards, Dunham might be considered fat. I do not doubt for a moment that she has felt the vociferous backlash of being a larger body in an industry that seems to consider plus size when they're a mere size eight. In her personal and professional world, Dunham may be the biggest one in a lot of rooms, but there's still no denying that compared to many of us, she benefits from tremendous privilege where her size is concerned. Even if- Shut the fuck up these fucking pussies. She can't see it. If Lena Dunham wasn't so controversial, then I don't think I'd be having such mixed feelings. Her intentions might be good, at least she's not hurting anyone specific, but I don't, but she is at the same time. It's hard to say that really. Oh, oh, what kind of a statement is that? No, she isn't hurting anyone specific, but she actually, she kind of is. I, but I, you know, nothing specific, but at the same time, she is. I'm a fucking moron. Like, uh. <sighs> This video, I thought it was going to make me hate Lana Dunham. It made me hate this fucking bitch corporate casket, motherfucker. And honestly, I absolutely understand why people wouldn't want her as the face of a community after everything she's done. I certainly wouldn't want her representing me in any sort of facet. All right, we're going to end it here. This video, dude, this fucking video. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have a lot of likes. That's 23k likes and almost a million views. I don't know if that, if we were able to see the dislike ratio. And then, of course, the comments are going to be a bunch of fucking, like, I don't know, whatever, dude. Um, all right. Uh, I had no idea the episode was going to go in that direction. I really didn't. I was just going to... Talk about how wonderful of an artist Lena Dunham is and, and, and how good of a show Girls is and that, that everyone should check it out. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. Go watch the show Girls. Lena Dunham is a wonderful artist and creator. Do not believe the misinformation, the lies that are being spread by absolute virgins and, and pussies and losers and cucks. Do not believe the dandruff that falls from my hair do not believe any of it it's not real it did not happen go out and live your life the way you want to live it do not let people deter you from doing what you want to do unless that hurts or harms an actual human being a living person or you know in some cases an animal um and and i want to leave you all with this I love you so very much. Season one is almost up. We are, I think this is episode 16. What are we at? This is episode, we, we, we've gone a long way. We've come a long way. Let, let me see here. That looks like an interesting video. We might have to add that. Um, 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 let's see where we're at. 15, yeah. So this is episode 16. Four more episodes marks the end of season one of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. After that point, I will probably take a month off um, before we re-up and get back into the second season of the show, of the series. It's been a wild ride. By wild, I mean it's not wild at all. Nothing has happened. But... uh. Thing, things are looking up, you know. I'm having fun doing the podcast. Um, 
should have should be having some more guests on in the future. And um, what, what can I say? What can I say? Uh, as Mr. Truman says from The Truman Show, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, motherfuckers. <laughs>